But we got the mail, and this was in the mail. It's uh, Charisma Magazine. And on the front page is Andrew Brunson. You might have heard of him late, of late. He's someone that was in prison, political prisoner, I guess you'd call it, in the land of Turkey for two years. And um, anyway, there's an article on him, and I'm going to read just a part of that here. This is November Charisma. It's called Homecoming, Seven Prophetic Moments That Defined Andrew Brunson's Two-Year Imprisonment. And his wife's name is Noreen. The first time Andrew Brunson received a prophetic word, he was three years old. His mother, a missionary to Mexico, met an old man named T. Stanley Salto. When Salto, spelled S-O-L-T-A-U, is that how you spell your name, isn't it? That's what I thought. When Salto was a boy, James Hudson Taylor, the famous missionary to China, laid his hands on Salto and his brother and set them aside for missions work. Both men grew up to become missionaries. Andrew's mother told Salto, I want you to pray for my two children and do for them what Hudson Teller did for you. So Salto took Andrew and his sister, laid hands on them, and prayed that God would set them apart to be missionaries for him. I think I received an impartation from Stanley Salto that he had received from Hudson Taylor. Andrew says, it was very strong in me and I was supposed to be, that I was supposed to be a missionary. Andrew did become a missionary, one whose story has spread worldwide. In 2016, Andrew and his wife, Noreen, were arrested by the Turkish government on allegations of espionage and aiding terrorists. Though Noreen was released soon afterwards, Andrew was held for another two years before being released last year after significant political efforts by U.S. President Donald Trump's administration. His story has become a symbol to many to the persecution of the persecution many international Christians must endure for their faith. And this, this today is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. <clears throat> in fact, we're going to watch a video here in a little bit about that. <clears throat> but fewer know that Andrew and Noreen are charismatic Christians who believe in the supernatural healing, intercession, and prophetic words. In fact, the Brunsons relied on prophetic words throughout Andrew's imprisonment. Most of the interest in our situation has come from non-charismatic churches, maybe that will diminish as they see how much we're also part of the charismatic movement, Andrew jokes. But that may, that may diminish, but I don't want it to. I want to keep having an open door, but I think the charismatic side has been less aware that actually we are fully wanting to jump in the river. Andrew and Noreen Brunson 
told Charisma about seven prophetic moments that shaped this international incident behind the scenes. Just a couple more paragraphs that I want the, the youth and the children to hear too. Because we want, we, we're all praying about these things. In high school, Andrew explained to his teacher, Peter Mahogan, that he couldn't find any consistency in his walk with the Lord. Mahogan, who was charismatic, said he needed to be filled with the Spirit. With Andrew's permission, Mahogan anointed him with oil and prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill him. Andrew says he never has been the same since. He met Noreen while attending Wheaton College. They married and then in 1993 partnered with the Associated Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church to serve as missionaries in Turkey. 2,000 years ago, Paul and the apostles planted churches across Turkey. All seven of the churches mentioned in Revelation are located in Turkey. And Antioch and Constantinople were central hubs for the early church. Yet today, in a country of 83 million people, only seven-tenths of one percent are Christian, according to the Joshua Project. And while some historically Christian ethnic groups exist in Turkey, nearly 100% of ethnic Turks are Muslim. When we went to Turkey, Turkey was the largest unevangelized country in the world. Andrew says, most cities did not have a church. People said there were 1,000 to 1,500 believers from a Muslim background in the country. Andrew says many Muslim countries harbor suspicion toward Christians, and Turkey is no exception. And then I'm going to close with a, a word, a prophetic word from Mrs. Brunson, Noreen. She, it says this, it's a matter of when. It's a matter of what it will look like, but it's not a matter of if. There is going to be harvest in Turkey. Yeah. Amen. And see, amen. See, that's... Peter, pray over our tithes and offerings and just do that for us here now. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, good to see everybody. Uh, just a reminder, the boxes are on the back. We don't pass around the plate, but we'll pray over our tithes and offerings this morning. Father, we just, uh, we offer up to you um, what we have this morning, whether it's a great amount, whether it's a small amount. Um, as we're talking about this morning, we're talking about that great harvest, Father. We pray that as that's going on worldwide, as we're seeing those things that, you've, that have been prophesied, that are in our word, that are in our Bible, in the ancient book, you know, 6,000-year-old prophecies are, are being fulfilled in our, in our lifetimes, probably. Um, as we're seeing those things fulfilled, we pray that we would also see those things um, fulfilled here. Um, in whatever small way that happens in Bemidji, Minnesota, Father, in Ten Strike, Minnesota, uh, we pray that um, our offerings, the things we sow into, we'd be reminded that we're not just putting money in a plate, we're not just giving to an organization or to a church, um, but that we are taking part in your kingdom, Father. We're taking part 
in a system that is worldwide, that is something that's spanned over all of time and all of creation, your plan, Father, that we're taking part in it, and we'd be mindful that we'd be praying into that, Jesus. Um, and we just thank you for what you're doing, and that our small offerings will be multiplied, that we'll, they will be um, gushing over in abundance, Jesus. Uh, in your name, amen. 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 Thank you, Peter. And uh, just a couple of announcements, too. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be having a Gideon here for about 10 minutes sharing about the Gideon Bible ministry, and we will be receiving an offering for him at the close of the service. I think they usually are in the back where we just give them the mm -hmm. offerings. And um, mm -hmm. I think that those are made out to the Gideons. Do you remember, Joan? I think if you write out a check, it would be to the Gideons. And uh, also next Sunday, at least I believe that will be, unless... I'm not sure. You know, we're just flowing with the Holy Spirit here. Is that okay that we do that? I know it's okay with you. We want to, when we come together as a church, we want to flow where the Holy Spirit wants us to go, right? I mean, we don't want the Holy Spirit to sit over in a corner and watch and we do our thing. We want him to orchestrate our service, right? That's all the way from the worship time, the singing, to the announcements, to prayer for our tithes and offerings, to this part. We did have Vicki who was going to bring a message this morning. But there's another message that's coming forth here this morning. And part of what we are going to do is we're going to have a seven-minute video about this. Like I said, it's International Day of the Persecuted Church. Church, And so we're going to have a video that's very well done but um, so I was going to say what I think we're going to do next week, but besides the Gideon, I know we'll do that, but I'm not sure about the other. Maybe Vicki will share next week. We'll see once about that, what the Lord has. But Okay. But then on the 17th, I believe it is, of November, um, we are part of a network of churches called Truebridge. And we've just been so blessed by Truebridge and by their leadership. Uh, Jim McCracken has been the president, now Doug Wing is of it, the overall leader. He's from Marshall, Minnesota. But our hub area leader is Pastor Larry Dorman from Country Faith Church in Clearbrook. And he is going to be here on the 18th or 17th of uh, November. And I just would like you all to meet him. If there's, you can arrange your schedules to try to be here on that day, that'd be great. And we are going to receive an offering. We're actually going to pass the plate so that we can give him um, a check that day just to, uh, to bless him. Uh, he has done so much to help us here. And just to show, I think this probably is the first time he's been here for a long time. So he will be here with us that day. Hallelujah. And just thinking ahead, those checks would be made out to 10th Street Community Church, and then we'll write a check for him on that day. Praise God. Let's go toward that video now, and we'll let you introduce that. Like Pastor Steve said, today is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, and 
just a few things about that. 80% um, of the religious persecution in the world today is actually directed toward Christians. And so these are our brothers and sisters. And the article that I was reading said that there's, there's 50 countries that have high levels of persecution, and that involves 245 million Christians. So that's about 10% of our brothers and sisters around the world that are in settings where, you know, public worship either isn't allowed or there's clampdowns on it. Um, there's extremism, different religions um, that are present in those countries, religious hatred in school textbooks, legal and social discrimination, hate speech that's targeting believers, arrests and intimidation, churches being destroyed, and abduction and killing of both clergy and, and our brothers and sisters that are just part of the church. So, um, And then I found this video that we're going to show by Voice of the Martyrs, and I think it just gives us a little picture and maybe um, just can help us more to really be thinking about our brothers and sisters that are in those sort of settings around the world and to be praying for them. And with this video, it's focusing on North Korea. Right, sorry. It is, and yeah. uh, maybe just to, to help the people grasp it, there was a missionary from China. And you can just give that. Yeah, so um, this Korean guy will tell the story, but there was a missionary from China that that ended up being the one that led this North Korean man to the Lord. And because um, the story's in the video, did you want me to? Yeah. No, I think that's probably good. Okay. Enough. So right. we'll just do that now. If we could get the lights and we'll show that video. Be nice to you at first, but when they get you into their homes, they told us that a missionary will be nice to you at first, but when they get you into their homes, then they will kill you and eat your liver. There was no food and no work in my village. Like some others, I snuck across the mountain border into China. I picked mushrooms in the hopes of selling them in Chiang Mai. I don't speak Chinese at all. But in the mountains, I met a man. He said, I can sell those for you. And he didn't cheat me. He gave me all the money from the sale. At that time, I didn't know he was Pastor Han. Over the next two years, I went back several times. Each time, Pastor Han helped me. One day, I asked why he would do this. 
for he himself was in great danger for assisting a North Korea. It is because I am a Christian, he said. That made me afraid. Was he going to eat my liver? One day, Pastor Han said to me, God is real. There is hope for every person. I could not believe he would say that word, God. Nobody says that word. We know it is an act of treason. To speak the name of God can lead to soldiers coming in the night. about you, and no one will ever dare ask where you have gone. One day I asked Pastor Han for a Bible. He knew that if I was caught with a Bible, my life would be in danger. But over time, I persuaded him. I showed the Bible to my wife. At first, she refused to even look at it. Why would you bring that here, she cried. She knew that if anyone reported that you had even glanced at a Bible, you would be arrested, and not just you. You and all your relatives sent to the concentration camps for years and years and years. Over time, my wife too learned that God is real. She found hope. And then I shared the word of God with my best friend. It was very dangerous for me to share. It was very dangerous for him to listen. One day in the summer of 2016, we heard that some North Korean assassins were being honored by the government, rewarded for their good work for killing a terrorist missionary in Chiang Mai. We knew it was Pastor Han. Who else could it be? We, we were frightened. Did they know he was my friend? Did they know I had met with him many times? Pastor Han gave his life. 
but he gave hope to me and to many other North Koreans. And despite the ever-present danger, many of us will continue to share the message that God is real. We hope that our sacrifice, when the day comes, will be worthwhile, just like it was for Pastor Han. sisters around the world that are risking their lives for bringing your word. Thank you for those seeds sown by this pastor, this Chinese pastor that a thousand people came to know you in North Korea. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we thank you for what you're doing in all of our lives and hearts to draw us close unto yourself and that our lights may be shining bright, brightly for you wherever we are, wherever we go. In Jesus' name. Jill. Lord, I just, I just want to thank you for all the seeds of the gospel that were planted in North Korea, Lord. And Father, I ask that all of those seeds would bear good fruit, Lord. Father, we're asking in this one of the most restricted countries in the world, Lord, for our brothers and sisters that um, you would protect them, Lord, and that they would be able to share the gospel with many, many family and relatives and friends, and that, Lord, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in North Korea as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, persecutions are real. They hurt. They are scary. And... Uh, as a young Christian, I almost got kicked out of my house, I mean, my parents' house, because of Christ. And then you stand up and you say, but I'm only 13. Where am I going to go? But then, if you look at all the people who are persecuted, none of them has hatred in their heart. None. And as a young Christian to preaching the gospel, I've seen firsthand. I remember we preached the gospel to a friend, uh, a friend of mine. And he went back to his house 
and his dad kicked him out, teenagers, and he was sleeping outside. So it's always been in my heart to pray for the persecuted church. Just to read some some of the words of Jesus in Luke 23, he says, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. They will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For they do these things, for if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sister or mothers and fathers or children or land for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land with persecutions and in the and in the age to come, eternal life. It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when it comes. It is not a matter of the church in Turkey, or in China, or in Middle East. It's coming here too, and it's already here. If you remember the, the little steps, the qualification that Vicky read, they are all here. Now we are starting to ostracize each other because we don't see the same. It's just a step, a little step closer to when we are going to start getting killed because we love God. Now when we look at this, it's very scary, but I want you to look at it to the perspective of heaven. There is no greatest honor that will ever be given to you to suffer for, than to suffer for Christ. It is an honor to complete the work of Jesus that he did on the cross. That's what Paul said, if I could. So when somebody is persecuted, the whole heaven stands right behind him. That's why they have no hatred. Don't fear persecutions. Welcome them, but pray for the church that suffers because we are not very far from there. God is teaching me how to teach my children to live in a society that is going to reject them. What will you do if you go to Walmart, they look at you, they say, huh, you don't have the mark you cannot buy. What are you going to do then? It is not that far away. That's why I said, this is the church. And we are part of the church. If one part of the body suffers, the duty of the rest of the body is to heal that part. Because if we don't take care of the part of the body that suffers, Soon enough, the whole body is sick. 
the 10 years that Vicky was talking about is also the 10 years that we all have to see God. This is the time when you pray, you have to pray. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom. How many of us have seen the kingdom? He wasn't talking about when you die. Now you must see the kingdom. Now you must be able to see the angels that are standing here. It is your duty. It is your right. Have you been hearing the message that God has been giving us here the last few weeks? Intimacy. God yearns for that intimacy. It is not a requirement to be saved. It is a sacrifice that we give to God to be intimate with him. We are not all God's friends. We are all his children, yet we are not all his friends. Friendship with God, it's a sacrifice that you make. God is not going to impose that on you. It is your choice to say, Father, I choose to come closer. And the closer you get, the more you become the target. The more the world is going to hate you, but you have an audience of one. He is the Father. He's the only person to whom we seek approval from. So please, get ready. It is here too. Hallelujah. And somebody will say, thank you, Jesus, for persecution. <laughs> I know it's difficult, but we have to get there. And pray for our brothers that are suffering. And we, as Jill said, we do not fear persecution. We do not fear that. We will not fear it. You know what, for us right now, it maybe is a thing where we don't fear standing up for Christ in Walmart or Target and speaking the truth, the word of God to people. There may be some persecution for us. It's a lot different than it would be like for this pastor if I understand right, he was a Chinese pastor who would come into the woods of North Korea. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure if the Korean guy passed over the border into China or if he passed China. over the border into Korea, but it had to have been right, okay. right at the border, anyways. I guess, but uh, but it's not a thing to fear. A thing to fear. Yeah. Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that's things, that's whether we're in Turkey or in Tenth Strike. Yeah. No matter where it is. But I know we're united as a church family that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, and just this last week, there have been three memorial services that I've been a part of, just myself. People are making that transition all the time. It is it one person every two seconds or two people every one second in, in the world are transitioning. It's happening all the time. Yeah. So the thing is to get that word out there and to be bold with that and with that boldness does come persecution sometimes. Are we willing to have persecution? 
you know, we've had it pretty easy, I guess you'd say, in a lot of ways in regard to that. But there are things in our nation, too, where you can see there's a great divide coming there with, I'd call it a spiritual divide. You know, they call it a political divide, which is there, yes, but really, you know what, it transitions beyond what you see in the natural and the political. It goes right into the spirit realm. Did you hear what I said? Did you? It goes right into the spirit realm. But did you know the great power there is in prayer? Things have been transacted this morning here. Amen. In worship, there's great power in worship too. I don't know if you've sensed it with me. You know, maybe part of it's sitting right up in the front. I know why you always want to sit up in front, getting Chantel, and use their there's something about it, at least for me. I like to be close to the teams and stuff, but we can do it in the back row too. But there's been something there in the praise and worship that has been going from glory to glory. Amen. Yes. Now, some may say, well, I don't know how to do that or whatever. Well, we're learning together. I know exactly what you mean. I remember the first time I came to, into a service back in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where everybody was praising God exuberantly, and that was not the way we had done it in our church. We were very unexuberant. <laughs> we were very staid and very, you know, it was good. I, I, I still, I can worship in those churches too. I really can, but... I wasn't used to that kind of expression in worship, and I could not wait for that part to get over. You know, people raising their hands and all this kind of stuff, and sh even some shouts and so forth. I was not used to it. It's taken a while, but I'm getting a little looser, and I think some of you are too. Are we going to keep going in those places, those realms together? There's persecution with some of those things too. Pastor, oh, what's his name from Turkey? The one that was prison. Brinson. Brinson. He was talking about that a lot of the church that have been really supportive and such haven't been charismatic, but he kind of joked that when they found out, maybe they would fall off but he was hoping the door would stay open. And I feel that same way. There are so many, so, such precious brothers and sisters in churches that aren't charismatic. And by charismatic, we mean the gifts of the Spirit and so forth. Here, we believe that. We believe in healing. We believe in deliverance. We believe in, we're going to be seeing more. Well, we've seen a lot of them. We continue to. We had a book we published here. We call it publishing or whatever we called it a few years ago. It was just full of miracles. You know what? I bet you we could do another one, you know. And Kent's finger is going to be whole. This one, right? This one. I've kinda, I keep having to come back and there I just came out. Would you like us as a church family to pray for you this morning? Why don't you and Chantel or 
Maybe you could just go right in the middle there and everybody come in the middle here. Just join right in the middle. We're going to lay hands on, on Kent for that healing as we come to a close here this morning. But just, uh, I, I tell you what, move up this way a little more so that we can get you kind of more in the middle of everybody. <clears throat> and Kent, tell us, just let us know what we're praying about. Mm. Not even sure how I injured it, but in the middle of August, Vontae and I were just playing ball, and that night it got sore, and now I can't bend it. Haven't, there's no broken bones, but the doctor said surgery would be next, but I don't really want that. I'm afraid of knives. <laughs> right, and at this point, you, aren't, you can't play the guitar, right? So... I'm gonna have Dan lead us. I'm gonna I'm gonna anoint you with oil. I'm gonna have Dan. Okay. Can you hold the mic for him? Father, we thank you that you know the number of hairs on our head, the thoughts that we think from afar. Lord, we um, we know that you are totally conscious of everything that's going on in our life. And Father, we know you're a good, good Father. That Jesus was beaten beyond recognition for our healing. That by his stripes we have been healed. So Father, we just thank you that you're aware of our situation. And Lord, we ask that uh, you said, if any two of you agree on earth is touching one thing, it shall be done. And Lord, we go to your promise that says that we are healed in Christ. And Father, we ask in Jesus' name, touching this finger, that it be healed now, today. And we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you that it's been done, but we want to see it in the physical realm. And we thank you, Lord, that you want to see it in the physical realm, that this is your desire that it's your gifting that you've put in him, that he might reach people in this world. And Lord, we know that when the gifting is broken or not functioning, then your part, his part in the kingdom isn't active like it should be. So Father, we thank you that this is your will and we thank you that he is healed now in Jesus' name. It's, manif it's manifesting now. And Lord, we give you praise. I feel like this is an attack of the enemy to stop evangelism in this world and to bring revival to a lot of Christians. Father, we ask that you would increase his anointing that uh, the enemy would pay for this and that the kingdom of God would flourish and uh, be moved further. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Just to stay here a minute. Dan, I just soaked that finger with that oil. Uh, amen, that's going to be a fine finger. It's going to do fine on that guitar. It's going to be well. And uh, 
Yes, and I mentioned, I alluded to this a few weeks ago, but I believe one of the things we're going to be doing in the new year here is we're going to have an evangelistic service on a Sunday morning, and you're going to be one of our evangelists, and we're going to be those that bring in the folks. Amen? They'll say, what if they turn me down? Don't fear persecution. That's what Jill just spoke to us from the Lord. Don't fear being turned down. Say, well, I still love you even if you don't come. I'm going to keep praying for you. Don't fear it. Just be bold. Be courageous. Be strong. Be steadfast in the Lord. Together, as a church family, and see all these faces around here, we're all standing together. We're all part of this church family, but we're part of the larger family that goes all around the world. It's a forever family. We're going to see Rich's dad there. Amen. I think he might have talked to my dad already because I asked him to twice <laughs> in those last days if he could just say hi to my dad for me. And, uh, hallelujah. Can we sing that song, Praise God, the, what do you call it, the doxology? Or, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, Amen. Fellowship will continue. Like we said, we got Dan Salto's Rice Krispie bars. And <laughs> yeah. So come and eat them. Okay. And if you'd like altar ministry, prayer ministry, There'll be ministers up in front here for that, too. Hallelujah. Thanks, Dan.